0: Hey, castmates, and welcome back to The Hard Conversations. Uh, we got another good one for you today. Um, we're going to be talking about a, a few hot topics in the Black community. But then, of course, The Hard Conversation for this week is going to be a more in-depth focus on uh, the war going on between Israel and Palestine uh, for this week. So uh, we're excited to sit down and give you guys some more education on that topic. Um, and and then just the... Uh, hot topics that we have for today as well we're excited to get started with that but before we do get started how is everybody's day going morgan how how are you doing
1: i'm doing well i'm trying to transition between hot girl summer is over and fall is here because it's really cold outside now david we don't need yes. to hear about miami thank you right, we about don't to care. say
2: boy it's 86 i was baking today we don't, no we it's
1: don't cold care. and wet over here um yes. But no it's it's been a it's been a rough week. The the media and the news have been kind of hard, so I've been trying to do my research and stay in the know, but keep my spirits uplifted.
0: Yes, amen, amen. Guru Dave, how has your week been? How are you doing? Uh, not bad. It was a it was a I would say
2: a good week. Uh, very busy. Uh, I'm taking on some new responsibilities at work, so hopefully this uh pays off come February. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's no complaints on my end. It's not cold, it's nice and warm, sunny, no clouds outside. You know what I'm saying? Can't complain. Oh,
0: well, good for you.
1: We're gonna have to get David to post some pictures from his balcony to put up for all of us Northeasterners to remember what 80 degree weather feels like.
0: Yeah, we'll you have know, to so post I them could... on the Hard Conversations Instagram.
2: Yeah, exactly. I should just have like a live stream. I'm just off of my balcony the whole time.
1: That would that would be great. That would be. Is it ASMR? Like when they have the background meditation.
0: <laughs> I would kind of be like sad. I, I don't know if I want that.
1: Have jewels come in the frame every once in a while?
0: <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah, my week was okay as well. Like like Morgan said, um, the media has been brutal. Uh, America has been brutal, so I've just been doing a lot of research, and I have been barring, um the hard conversations uh, panel with the research that, uh, that I've been doing, just because I, I want to make sure we have a clear understanding, you know, um, about what we're what we're seeing, um, and what we've been seeing over the past couple of weeks, so or week. So you know, but other than that, yeah, work's been great. You know, looking for some changes there as well at my job. So uh, we'll see what happens. Looking to buy myself a new, well, two new TVs, and I'm seeing that there's some great deals out there right oh, now. what a big picking.
1: Two at you the better, same you time. Better,
0: you better wait till Black Friday. You know the rules. well. That's well. You know, I was thinking about it, but then I was also thinking. Like the TVs that I want, like I want sixty-five inches, right? And I forgot like, this is
1: the rich people chat. Okay, go on.
0: This is no, it is not. <laughs> this is he got money. David, please don't let me call you out now. Um, but no, yeah, I want, but they're only like four hundred dollars right now. Oh, that's
1: actually pretty good
0: exactly so and and i'm I'm talking like good tv smart tvs um i'm talking vizio i'm talking hisense um amazon has one out but amazon's is like it's like 500 but even still it's not bad you know what i'm saying like that's not a bad price for a television so i want like a 65 inch for my living room and then i want a 60 inch for my bedroom walmart has some good deals too you, I would advise. You're not trying to
1: I would
2: sleep. advise not to have a 60 inch in your bedroom. Why? That would be, saying. That would be horrible for your eyes. I'm just letting you know.
0: What, what for, size are you thinking?
2: From a guy that deals, that used to deal with TVs, I, I recommend you don't. What size TVs 60 in your for bedroom? for the living room is fine. Uh, for your bedroom, like, oh,
1: look, like I think I have a thirty-five, forty.
2: Yeah, even forty. I would say. 40, 40 42 is pushing it but definitely under 42.
0: No, I have a 42 in here right now and or a 40. It's inch. too
2: small. Like, it's not yeah. a 42.
0: What size is in your small? bed? You have a big TV in your bed, right? No. Mine's a 42. I gotta check which size is in my bedroom, but I'm pretty sure it's like a 40 inch in my in my bedroom. I don't think so. I think you probably got like a 32. Maybe it could be a 32. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, 60 would be
2: way too big for a bedroom.
0: Maybe a 50, like a 50 inch. Even. 50 I used to have a 50 in inch, um, but my bedroom was a lot smaller. Like, like when I in my old apartment, I used to have a 50 but inch, but I put the 50 inch in the living room. And then I I had a really small TV in my bedroom, so I don't know. My, I feel like my bedroom right now is big enough for me to be able to fit a big TV in there. But if you feel like like on the, I, I I hear what you're saying there, maybe like a fifty inch, I could drop it. And if I drop it down, I mean you you ain't doing nothing but giving me like doing me a favor yeah, because exactly it's <laughs> cheaper. So it's. <laughs> So it's not even that bad. That, those are probably like two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars right now. Oh,
1: yeah, two fifty. See, I have a TV thing where I just keep buying them because they're cheap. That's mm-hmm. why we have ones. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we have a fifty inch in the living room, and that that seemed big enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got my dad a fifty five inch for his living room. Exactly, and, and, and it's really nice. I like that. Like for his exactly
2: for the living room. And it's a good size.
0: Yeah, but my my wall in my in my living room is like it's pretty big, so it's like I can oh, fit. No, a yeah, 60
2: room, yeah, yeah, you could fit the sixteen years. Feel yeah,
0: so I'm I'm excited. But that's what's been going on for my week. Um, David, what are we talking about today? Listen,
2: I, I listen. I'm a man of the people, right? And it's like. So you got, we got, I love boobies, so we got to save what boobies. <laughs> We got to save the boobies, okay? Okay. Uh, is, How do we
1: start this like
2: this? <laughs> listen, listen. It is it's breast cancer awareness, okay? Yeah. So oh, no. I need to, I need to put y'all on, on game, okay? Because I need more boobies around, so we got to keep them going. But uh, <laughs> before we start, like, I don't know if y'all know, uh suzanne summers actually just passed away from breast cancer literally i think what two days ago
0: i did not know that but can you refresh my memory who is suzanne summers
2: yes yeah, suzanne summers uh she was best known for her roles on three's company uh and step by step oh the um, mom
0: yes exactly oh wow wow may she uh, rest in peace Yes. When it was and literally honestly, the
1: day before her birthday.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
2: So honestly, before we even start uh, on our topics, I would like to actually have a, a moment of silence for the people we have lost to breast cancer and also the people that we've lost uh, during the war. Go. rest in peace rest in so peace. i need to let i need to let my black women know right <laughs> african americans have a higher cancer burden and face greater obstacles uh to cancer prevention detection treatment and survival in fact black people have the highest rate highest death rate and shortest survival rate of any other race and ethnic group of most cancers in the u.s African-Americans experience more illness, worse outcomes, and premature death compared to whites. African-Americans have the highest rate of death and shortest survival rate. African-American men also have the highest cancer rate exposure. Uh, cancer death rates in black men is twice as high as an Asian and Pacific Islander who have the lowest, who have the lowest rate. Prostate cancer death rate rates in men Black men are more than doubled than those of every other racial ethnic group. Black women are 40% more likely to die of breast cancer than white women and are twice as likely to die if they are over 50. Hmm. About a third of African-American women reported experiencing racial discrimination at a health provider visit. Uh, living in segregated communities and areas highly populated with African-Americans has been associated with increased chances of getting diagnosed with cancer after it has spread, along with having higher death rates and lower rates of survival from breast cancer and lung cancer. So that's just some of the things that's going on uh, in our community right now. And it's like, listen, go get checked. Like, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. Uh, I would say definitely try and find a doctor you trust uh if you can find a black doctor obviously they can understand they will be able to understand you more uh but yeah it's 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 all about just you know what i'm saying taking that first step making it uh initial step to just go get checked just to be safe you know what i'm saying it doesn't it doesn't take too long i go i go with my mom sometimes so
1: early detection is really important
0: yeah now- early
1: detection saves lives
0: and, and so yeah. the the I mean the the numbers that you just gave were you know pretty astounding. How much of that is associated with the fact that there is so much racial discrimination? Is it just that genetically we are more likely to uh, pass away from uh, this this illness or is it because we're not being properly taken care of as you guys can you guys remember that we had a, a health topic? Uh, where we talked about that extensively so i'm just wondering how much of that plays a part
2: so uh my i would say it's i feel like it's kind of a mix right i feel like uh there's a there's a lack of healthcare uh for for black people in general uh but also from our from our perspective there's like this uh how can i put this like Not stereotype, but like this, like this. I feel like black people just feel like they shouldn't have to go. They don't need to go to the doctor unless I like I'm really hurting. I'm. There's no reason for me to go to the doctor. What am I going to the doctor for? You know what I'm saying? And we, I think we have to really get out of that that stigma that we have about like just just going to go get a checkup. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys feel the same?
0: No, absolutely right. I definitely agree with. Yeah.
1: I work in an oncology hospital. For four years, I worked in the breast surgery department. Um, and we actually just had a town hall where we talked about breast cancer specifically and how white women have the highest survival rate. And a lot of it is about access. Um, white women are actually more genetically uh, predisposed to get breast cancer through the BRCA mutation. Um, and so once you know-
0: you, So they're you actually have, more likely to get it
1: Yes, Um, it is the, I believe Azakani Jewish women are the highest population of carriers of the BRCA mutation, which is more likely to, that you're more likely to end up with breast cancer or some type of like ovarian or uterine cancer. Um, But once you have genetic testing and you know that, insurance will pay for you to get mammograms earlier and do screening earlier.
0: Now, Um, do do Black women uh, ever get like, do they ever like test for that genetically?
1: Yes. So you can test for it if you have a family history of it. So like a direct family history. So like, let's say my grandmother had it and my mother had it. I should be able to be covered for genetic testing. Um, if they each, we each have the same kind of cancer, or like my mom had it, my grand, my my mom's mom had it. There's now a re- there's now a a genetic relationship for insurance to say you qualify to test for it. And if you test negative and you don't have a genetic uh, predisposition for it. Um, It's just that that's something we need to be aware of. Once you actually get diagnosed with the mutation, insurance will pay for you to get a lot of early detection done. And there's a couple of different mutations um, that are high enough that we know if you have this, you should get tested. I've actually been tested before Um, And I have, ironically, a mutation of unknown variants because there are not enough Black people in the system to tell me what my mutation is. Mm. So um, one of the things that they talked about in the genetic pool is that most of the people in this pool are white men. So um, we're looking at genetic mutations on a mostly white male population. Um, There are women in there, but they're mostly white women. Um, and all they were able to tell me is that you have a mutation, but we don't have enough information to tell you if it leads to something, it doesn't lead to something, it's harmless, it's not harmless. Um, we actually had a town hall um, at our hospital talking about like the direction it was going to go in, and our president was saying that in the 80s, when um, early detection of breast cancer started to get popular, the reason that white women were catching it earlier was because they had more access to facilities that um, did breast cancer uh, awareness and breast cancer detection and mammograms. Um, And number two, before insurance started covering it, they could afford to get it. Um, So a combination of they started getting mammograms earlier than us. So when they were diagnosed, they were able to start treating it earlier than us. It's also like Guru said, unfortunately, our folk don't like the doctor. So we have a bad relationship with medicine in this country. We have a which bad is, relationship with doctors. Completely right. understandable. Right. Um, we, are, we are more likely than some of our other counterparts to not go to the doctor and try and handle something at home. Um, and the, but the biggest component of why we tend to get we tend to catch it in a later stage um, and have higher mortality rates is because we are it's detected in black women much later than it is in white women. And I, I know, you know, you read off a couple of stats, which matches up with everything that I've heard as well. Um, but a lot of that has to do with early detection. If you're getting annual screenings and someone's checking for it every year and it doesn't have longer than the 12 months since your last visit to to pop up, you're, it gives you better chances of dealing with it and more higher success rates.
0: Right. Well, you heard it here, Cast Meets. I mean, the first step is just being open to going to the doctor before you're in pain. Uh, before it's a need to call the ambulance. You have to be willing to go and get like uh like you know, Dave said, like monthly checkups. Um, you know, or you know, whenever it's time to go, whenever your doctor sets those appointments, follow up with those and uh just, you know, stay stay the path because It really does help to prevent things from building up and then it becoming too late. Um, And then, you know, the system actually is working against us. So we have to try to fight that.
1: Um, And I would just like to say one thing, what, what Guru said, where he said it doesn't hurt. Mammograms do hurt, but they're worth it.
0: That's literally smashing, your they titties. smash
1: your breast between two,
0: yeah, two x ray
1: screens
0: to a pancake, like, into a
1: pancake so that they can actually see what's going on in between there. And it's yeah. unpleasant.
0: And I don't touch breasts often, but I do know <laughs> that you know they are it's a little bit of meat in there, like you know. So
1: <laughs> that's why yeah. they recommend that you don't start getting them until 40, uh, because your breast tissue they say is too dense before then to really show anything. Mm. pretty much the floppier they get the easier they are on a mammogram right still get it though it's worth it (laughs) also for all the guys out there make sure you're getting that prostate
0: checked shout out to my cousin nisha um she definitely you know had breast cancer uh there's been a few people in my family who've had breast cancer and have um Overcome it and um, have uh, been in remission for quite some time, many years. So, shout out to them for beating this um, terrible, terrible cancer.
1: Amen. Uh, um. So, the nonprofit ACT organization recently released um, that the average composite test score on ACT college admissions tests dropped to their lowest since 1991. Wow. Um, The average score, yes, 2023, (laughs) Um, the average score fell to 19.5 and the highest score you can get is 36 um, for the class of 2023. The proportion of what ACT calls the COVID cohort seniors who did not meet any of the benchmark scores considered necessary to succeed in a college reached a historic high of 43%. Um, The average scores in math, reading, and science were below the ACT scores, readiness, benchmarks. Um, So basically what they would say for you to be ready for college, period, we're not even talking about the blowing you away scores, um, were below average and below what was needed to be successful
0: in college. Y'all not even ready for college.
1: They're not ready for college. 21% of the students, only 21% of the students met met all of the benchmarks, which are English math, reading, and science.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Um, and the minimum scores required for a student to have a high chance of success in their first year of college, um, That just that 21% are the only ones that met it. Um, and I thought it was interesting that they mentioned the COVID co- cohort seniors because we often talk about the younger kids that were struggling in virtual class. And it seems like our older kids were also struggling mm-hmm. because we've been passing kids through that aren't meeting the test requirements, and here they are now failing their test to get into college.
0: Right, right. But a, but a lot of that is just the education, right? The teachings, uh, what's being approved, and the fact that they are allowing them to even pass through. Uh, and I mean, and they've been doing it for quite some years now. Like I don't, I don't, I forgot what is it? What is this uh this act called where? They move you along.
1: Oh, Um, no child left behind.
0: No child left behind. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, It's creating some dumbass kids out here.
1: Yeah, the COVID babies babies are struggling.
0: They're struggling.
2: So, like, I kind of can see, like, mm, it's mm, all right, listen, take this with a cup of salt. I can kind of see both sides, right? So, to an extent, to an extent, because... They, this is this is low, but anyway, it's but I, like you gotta keep in mind, right? Like, a lot of people are bad, like test takers. I was a bad test taker, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like my SAT scores wasn't that high, you know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm not retarded, but
1: he's you know, mentally other challenged side, like, now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes you're right sorry mentally challenged or mentally disabled whatever but uh and also a lot of a lot of people know that a lot of schools now don't even look at these scores uh well not i wouldn't say a lot but a good amount of schools don't even look at like act or sat scores anymore uh and what are they
1: looking at then
2: <laughs> your overall like you know what i'm saying what, what's your gpa look like what is what you know i'm saying what's going would you write in your essay that talks about who you are as a person kind of thing uh that's fair when asked uh one of the seniors denise 17 year old senior denise from whining high school she says honestly i'm not sure why they Honestly, I'm unsure why the test was ever required because colleges can look at different qualities of the students who are applying outside of just a one-time test score.
1: Well, I guess what I would be curious to see also is how did these kids do outside their ACT test scores? Right. So like, you know, some people, like you said, are just bad test takers. And I remember like, you know, my mom had me in these SAT prep classes and like taught me how to take a test so that I'd have a chance um, at college. Cause I think when we went to college in 08, it was like the highest volume of kids that ha- applied for college ever and really competitive. Um, right. But my, my question is, okay, fine. They're not doing good on SATs or ACTs. Do these kids have high GPAs? Cause from what I understand, a lot of the kids that were in school for the last three years, no matter what grade you were in struggled.
0: Yeah, it looks like uh, another part of it is just like David was saying, they don't just look at that. Um, Another part of them going away from it is just because college enrollment seems to have fallen uh, for the third year in a row. So a lot of people just don't see college as a necessary factor, right? Which goes into a whole nother conversation because college is getting more and more and more expensive. And people are not necessarily seeing the benefit from it from having the degree. The degree is costing you upwards of $100,000, but jobs are trying to pay you no more than $16 an hour. Mm-hmm. Facts. I still, I mean, owe they bamboozled us. Me
1: too. 20K, <laughs> Me too.
0: I owe
2: $88,000. Well, listen, you got something out of it. I, I owe twenty k. I ain't getting shit from it.
0: You got
1: good times. <laughs>
2: chill yo i i pay less oh. for a good time yo i could have spent that 20k a whole lot better shit oh my god yeah,
1: college, i do feel like college bamboozled a lot of us it definitely we, bamboozled we really went in and like oh wait and we were like this is our year and then everybody graduated and got a job and we were like how is this job matching up I... with these phones that just hit me <laughs>
0: I should be where Morgan is right now, as far as career standards are concerned. I mean, I'm su- successful, but I didn't need the degree that I got to get to where I, I am right now. Um, I belong in the healthcare field.
1: What did you major in? Biology. Mm-hmm. Which is not an easy major. It's as a well, really hard major.
0: Yeah, and also well i mean yeah it was okay but also <laughs> um I, you know when i got out of school because i didn't like go directly toward okay i want to go i'm going to go to medical school um it was really or go right into a, a masters program it was really difficult to get a job in mm-hmm. the healthcare field and i i applied everywhere i tried to use all factors that i could and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I not only did I have a degree in in, in a healthcare related uh, market, but it was a really prominent one. You know, same, the college that I went to was considered a prominent college and supposed to have connections, and it just did not seem to be working, at least in the New Jersey area. Because I definitely wasn't trying to stay up in Pennsylvania, not the not up there. Mm-hmm. Um So. I don't know. I just, I became very disappointed. I even um, rerouted at one point and I applied to nursing school, Holy Name uh, Nursing School um, in Teaneck, Teaneck, New Jersey, got in and when I got in, um, you know, I think it was about $15,000 a year. Maybe, no, maybe it was about almost 30000 yeah. Cause that was a semester. So it was like 30,000 a year to go to nursing school. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do because nurses make good money. And I was going to go toward the, um, nurse practitioner route, just mm-hmm. keep going, become a nurse practitioner. Um, but they, I went in, I was so excited. And I spoke to the, um, director of nursing and she was like, she looked at my background. She was impressed. She was so excited to get started working with me. I was excited to get started working with her. Um, and she was like, "Okay, we just got to talk finances." Went to the financial aid office, <laughs> and they were like, mm-hmm. "Okay, how do you plan on paying?" And I was like, "Well, you know, can I get like uh, any financial assistance?" And they were like, "No, because you have a four-year degree. Looks like you maxed go. out. Yep,
1: because now this is your second bachelor's.
0: Yes, you maxed out on all you can borrow as far as a bachelor's is concerned." She said, "You have plenty of money that you can borrow." Uh, for your master's degree, but mm-hmm. you can't, you, 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 there's nothing you can do. You can get a private loan. At the time, I was not even making enough money for a private loan to consider me. Mm-hmm. They were like, we, you, we can't give you this loan because we don't think you make enough for it to pay us back.
1: Mm hmm.
0: I was so depressed. <laughs> I
1: was like. That's uh, so upsetting that what stopped you from going to nursing school after you were accepted into a program is finances.
0: Yes. I could not go to nursing school because I could not afford to go. And That's I, rough. And it was after having a bachelor's. So they were like, you know, we can't. And she said to me, she said, this is an associate's level program. Of course, because it's just your RN. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, we can't do anything for you there. We can't give you anything. Um, and I was like, okay. So then I just decided to apply to uh, my master's of uh, healthcare administration and went to Seton Hall for that because there was money there, mm-hmm. you know, for me to be able to get that degree. But I it, it sucks because again, nothing ever came out of, the healthcare, you know, going that healthcare route. Mm-hmm. And I, I just stayed in customer service, and it's been a huge success for me. So it's I completely understand. Cheap either. What? It was not cheap at all. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I don't know. But I, I, I wish, I'm one of those people who wish, if I could rewind time, that I did not go to college. I would have went straight to nursing school out mm-hmm. of um high school.
1: And most people, I feel like so many people don't go to nursing school straight out of high school. Most people you, like you major in like biology or some science field and then they go back and get their nursing. That's what my mom did. And my mom worked with me as a married woman and got her nursing degree. And like as a as a four-year-old, I remember thinking like, "Dang, this looks hard."
0: Right. <laughs>
1: this is Yeah. Nursing school is no joke. But I, mean, I know a couple of people that work so that their job will finance the nursing program but it's colleges i think that what we learned as millennials is there are certain professions where college makes a lot of sense and certain professions where not it doesn't really help but you still need the degree and then other professions where you don't need it at all yeah cuz they i feel like what they did to all of us was that you need a minimum Of a college degree and two years experience. And all of us had the college degree. And nobody had experience.
0: Right. Right. And no one was willing to give you the experience.
1: Nope. So we all ended up in jobs. That the generation before us wouldn't have had to go for. And would have gotten paid more. With debt. And all of us got. Well David you said that the ACT. You didn't do great on it.
2: Yeah. Because you still got into. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got into a few schools. Yeah, yeah. But I feel I, like they it definitely that wasn't us. yeah, definitely wasn't because of my SAT scores, though. <laughs> Promise you that.
0: They got it. So us. shout out to historically black colleges and universities. Because among primary online institutions, of course, people don't mind uh going to school when they can do it from the comfort of their home. But HBCUs were among the few categories to see an increased enrollment. So, I love that. I love that. Yes, it grew 2.5% this fall and um, kept up with like the, on- the primary online institutions, in, which grew by 3.2% since last fall. So um, Black people are still interested um, in learning uh, despite the overall um, disinterest.
1: And in a separate conversation, I'd love to hear how many of those Black people were Black women. Because we're we're coming out super educated.
0: Yes, that is very true. You guys, I think, are the most educated in America.
1: Mm-hmm. Yet we're still being asked, why don't you cook?
0: Mm, another conversation that we'll be having soon.
1: <laughs> what yes, are you, sir. a lawyer? You made dinner? You know, Sorry, sir. However, you'd like.
0: After you just spent all day in court? Like. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway. So guys, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh in California, I'm I'm you know, I wish I lived in California sometimes because they have they have to be like the most progressive state in the United States. And I I'm just I'm here for all of it. But they gave in- me
2: our reparations.
0: Yes and california alert? has now started a ebony yeah. alert as you guys know we have what's called the amber alert which was literally named after some white girl who went missing many years ago um
1: wait is that really
0: why yeah the amber alert was named after yeah. a little white I girl named amber it was the color okay
2: mm. <laughs> no. no good good, good choice <laughs> you thought you thought wrong
0: no <laughs> So uh, now we have what's called the Ebony Alert. It's a statewide alert system in California that focuses on finding missing Black children and young people ages 12 to 25. The alert system works similarly to the Amber Alert and what's called the Feather Alerts. Now, guys, I've never heard of the Feather Alerts. So if you guys know about that, definitely let me know what that is. But the ebony alert allows the California Highway Patrol to trigger emergency notifications on phones and road signs. And those notifications let people know that a Black person between the age of 12 and 25 is missing in the area. And it went into effect on January 1st. Governor Gavin Newsom signed the bill on October 8th. Uh, Shout out to uh, California for um, bringing such an alert to the table. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there's been a lot of backlash about the ebony alert um coming to fruition.
2: Yeah, I got a problem with it too. Like what the fuck?
0: What what's your problem with it?
2: Why why does it why does it need to be an ebony alert? Like, you know what I'm saying? What's the difference between just keep using the Amber alert? Because I feel like how many I feel black like,
0: kids do you see on the Amber Alert?
2: Uh a lot, honestly it's 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 for uh well at least down in florida my jump be blowing but uh it's just for anybody who falls into the category of uh under a certain age and has been missing for uh some time so with this, I feel like you making an ebony alert. Is it gonna sound different? Is it gonna be the exact? Is it gonna automatically play on my phone, or is it not? You know what I'm saying? Is it is it gonna be do the exact same thing that the amber alert does? And if so, why did we need a separate one? Because I feel like it's gonna get to a point where they're like, okay, how can I just block the ebony alert? I feel like that's gonna happen for sure.
0: I think that your priorities are like completely messed up here because I can give two shits about people who want to block the alert. Um, The Amber Alert does not effectively tell you how many black kids, not even just black kids, honestly. It doesn't disjustice to kids of color all across America. Um, It does not tell you how many are gone missing. And the Amber Alert, let me just let you know, uh, purposely... Does not include kids that are considered runaways, and often the black kids who go missing in America, they get deemed by those local law enforcement as runaways. So, okay, I want to okay, say okay. about that's good to know. Sixty percent of the black kids who go missing are not included in the Amber Alert. So, if white people want to take their time, because as you see, you just came. Um, Came with a vengeance for the Amber Alert on their defense, right? But if they want to take their time to be ignorant about the fact that there's a separate alert to highlight the fact that, I mean, you know, I mean, this is exactly what Black Lives Matter was established for, because there's uh there seems to just be a lack of of care or concern uh, or highlight to what's being ha- what's happening to the Black community. The ebony alert is to offset the fact that most of our kids don't make the Amber alert.
1: I I have to say that the first time I read this, I did think about it like David did. Like, why do we need, why do we need our own alert? Like why can't we just be included in the Amber alert? And I think I was trying to figure out like what resources are going to be given that'll be different to make the ebony alert different. But knowing that most of the black kids that are reported end up being documented as runaways and then there are no resources given, or at least it's not the same amount of effort as if a child had been kidnapped. That makes a big difference. And then I think that this would be a good thing. It still, it still brings me back to the, it's upsetting that there, we have a need for an ebony alert. Cause yeah. I guess one of my concerns was kind of like, how do we make sure that the ebony alert gets the same amount of attention as the amber alerts?
0: Right, right. And just to be, spe- to, to be clear, another difference between the ebony alert and the amber alert, amber alert is for all kids who are 17 years or younger. And the ebony alert is focusing on those 12 to 25 year olds. And again, that's because those are the kids who typically get deemed, when we call the police and say, my child is missing, the police automatically say, okay, they're a runaway. So give it 48 hours. I, I think gotcha. it's like 24 or 48 hours. Yes, you but can't report then,
1: somebody as missing until they've been gone for 48 hours. Yeah.
0: Correct. And by then, the child is already long gone in Mexico somewhere.
1: Yeah, 48 so, hours, they're gone.
0: Yes, this alert specifically talks to, speaks to and highlights the kids, people who are between 12 to 25. So we're trying to even get our young adults home mm-hmm. um this is a wonderful alert system definitely needed but i mean i get the backlash i get where david was coming from with it i get what morgan was was saying i get where you guys were saying with it but having that understanding about you know how just how we're being you know just, just disproportionately um assisted you know, it would really help you understand why the ebony alert is necessary.
1: Ohio needs to get the ebony alert.
0: Hello? We all need it.
1: Yeah, this is... um, I I think I missed the part with the 12 to 25 that this is for older kids because that makes sense. When they're older, they're like, oh, they're 14. They walked out.
0: Right. They're just a runaway. Give Give it 48 hours. They'll come home.
1: Like there aren't grown people being sold into the sex slave trade.
0: And let me be clear. When a white person calls and says their 17-year-old is missing, everybody is outside looking for that 17-year-old. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a difference when it comes to reporting these kids. Yeah. The media is all on it. A child has been abducted versus when a, a, a 17-year-old black child has run away or something like that. You know, they change. I'm going to play a video when we get to the hard conversations uh, segment, but the woman says words they are everything. Mm-hmm. Words redirect a story and reframe your mindset.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Guru just shared Amber, Amber Hagerman is the nine-year-old who was kidnapped and four days later her body was found four miles away from her home and she had been abducted. that That's the little girl that the Amber Alert was named after.
0: Ah, uh, okay. I know it was some girl named Amber, but I don't know when... Do you guys know when that happened?
1: 91?
0: Is that where it's? 96. 96. Oh, wow. So we, it's actually very young.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The internet has changed a lot of things. But not, thank you for explaining that because it makes a lot more sense to me. Now. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, def- uh, 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 I'm still iffy about it because I'm like, I feel like they're trying to put us in a box, but I definitely, I definitely do think it's needed. Uh, definitely after you explained it, um,
0: this is a good box though. This is a box I'm okay with being put in. I'm okay with highlighting this part of us. However and I mean it, it, you know because at the, th- that just means that we have more people out there more eyes on the people who um you know would have gotten no attention so maybe we can get them home sooner
1: It's true because I don't remember seeing black kids on the back of milk cartons we don't that's have what, those in that's school what anymore I'm but... saying I don't
0: nah, yeah, that's true that's
1: facts my mom reminds me all the time when I go on blind dates they're not gonna look for you
0: right don't get got it's (laughs) funny
2: i saw something recently they were like uh they were like it it was different back in the day like our parents didn't care i wouldn't say they didn't care about us but they was they was definitely uh we was outside a lot so they were like it had to get to a point where the news had to remind your parents hey (laughs) do you know where your children are you like oh shit i got kids let me go find where they at you know what i'm saying Versus now is that is not the case.
1: Yeah, there's no. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's come inside when the street lights come on. You see bikes yeah. outside of people's houses. That's how you know where the kids are because none of us have cell phones.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: David ran all my minutes up in eighth grade.
0: Thanks. Yeah, it, it's just a, it's a different time. So shout out again to California on the ebony alerts. Uh, I think it's something that we should all consider here in America. You know, I'd like like Morgan said, Ohio could definitely use it. Um, you know, places like Florida, Texas, uh, Nevada, you know, those southern border states, because a lot of uh, kidnappings happen over there. Um, so um, we should definitely, New York should consider it. Um, everyone should have this type of alert. I, I really do think it's good because it highlights those who don't get highlighted re- on a regular basis or when they should be, uh, for the reasons that they should be. Uh, but it's been uh, a great uh you know hot topic segment. Uh I'm very educational. Um, so I, I do appreciate this episode. And uh we'll be back tomorrow with the hard conversations. Um You know, what do you guys have planned for the rest of the week?
1: Same old, same old. I'm also trying to work on my side hustle or build a side hustle because I, I was checking my retirement because I made my 10 year anniversary at my job and said, I can't do this for another three decades. (laughs) And I, (laughs) I would like to retire by 50. And my retirement app told me that I needed to either push that number back or I needed to make $60,000 more a year. So mm. we need to work on that. <clears throat> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, David, what about you?
2: Uh, nothing crazy. Uh, same old, same old. Just got work. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm doing anything specific. Uh, Oh, the new Spider-Man is coming out. So I will be streaming that uh, on Friday. It Uh, is? uh, Yes. What
1: new Spider-Man?
2: It's a video game. Spider Man 2.
0: Oh, okay. When you say streaming, you know, that makes a movie. movie. Um, Um, all right. Well, we're gonna get uh get out of here and uh we'll be back tomorrow.
2: See ya.